0: Hello, and welcome to another Wild Wisdom Wellbeing guest slot with me, Robin Harris of Echo Energy Wild Wellbeing. And today I'm really excited because we've got one for the guys. We've got the fantastic Rob Stewart of Sherpa Bear Coaching joining us today. And I met Rob through networking and was just blown away by what he offers. So I'm so delighted, Rob, that you've agreed to come along and be my guest today. And I was wondering maybe if you would start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and about how you came to set up Sherpa Bear Coaching.
1: Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Robin. Thanks for having me. Um, <clears throat> I've really been looking forward to this. I think we organized this quite some time ago. So mm-hmm. um, so thank you for having me on. So Sherpa Bear Coaching um, started in 2017, um, soon after I qualified to be a life coach. and. The, the name um, is a combination of, of, of two things, uh, so it's a metaphor, um, and the Sherpa in me is the person who is, is ready to go on a journey with you, so like a Sherpa would climb a mountain with you, they will take their steps with you and investigate things with you, you are still going to go on that journey and, and take ownership over every step you take, but they will be there with you. Now the bear side of things comes from when I used to be a teacher. I used to be a secondary and a primary school teacher, and round a campfire uh, in Northern Wales on on, a, on an outward bounds course, the children were kind of describing an animal for each of their friends and teachers, and, and they said that I was like a bear because I was pretty easygoing. I could growl when I had to, and I sort of looked after them, sort of defended them, and. Um, I think that's uh, what I do in coaching and coaches do sometimes say, you know, we, we, we defend the space in which people work in, in in terms of our clients, because when we're trying to create change, it can be quite challenging. We come up against our own fears and anxieties and limiting beliefs and we can turn away from an area which uh, deserves investigation and, and, and has lots of fruitful events that, that lay there waiting to be, uncovered but we can turn away from that and so i think is that that kind of bare energy helps people to remain in places which can be a little bit unknown or maybe a little bit uncomfortable but they know they're okay mm-hmm. um, so that's that's where the name came from and uh, my journey into coaching is uh, a winding one uh, so as i said i used to be a teacher used to be a full-time athlete uh, I used to be a carpenter and a joiner and a personal trainer um and throughout all of that, I'd be a coach in in some respect, um, but it was when my sister, who had had some coaching, uh, trained to be a coach herself, and she kind of guided me towards looking into a particular style of training called coactive training, uh, co-active coaching, and that was in twenty seventeen, and I haven't looked back since.
0: That's amazing. You've you've done so many different things, but I could see how the coaching, the coaching that you do now, would draw on aspects of all of those and i love that reason behind your name i hadn't the, the sherpa bear i hadn't known that before but it just comes together so beautifully
1: thank you thank you yes yeah, um it does some take some explanation uh, yeah. <laughs> uh but, but it definitely when you do
0: it really sets up the scene for the work that you do
1: yeah i think it's um someone looking for a coach is looking to for a connection because they'll find a coach who they see is is going to enable them to do something or maybe that coach has done something that's something that they want to do and they're looking to bring that out in themselves so I think a a story for someone like me as a coach is important it's my evolution it's um, how I've become who I am and and that that does help people think. Okay, I think mate, I'm interested in working with you, and they'll know more once we have a first session. And you know, we're looking for a really strong click, uh, both from them and from me. So it's going to be a two-way, a two-way thing. So the story does help.
0: Absolutely, it's our connection, isn't it? And mm. I love that what you do is called co-active. Mm. So can you explain a little bit more about that approach?
1: Certainly. So the co is your being is how you're being and the active is you're doing your actions and what you go out there and do and there's a hyphen in between the two and so if you're, if you're constantly in the co in the being then you are thinking a lot and uh you're feeling a lot then maybe you're not going to action and the reverse is true if you're, you're constantly in the active and the the, the doing side uh, you're not necessarily thinking as much or knowing kind of where your actions are coming from so the hyphen is a really important place it's a place where you can dance between the two and that's what i guide people to do is um and that comes from the, the school of coaching that i follow so that's from the, the coaches training institute um and it's um so when i was uh, at school maybe you were asked the same question robin around about the age of 14 or 15, when work experience came into play. What do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know, can I have the menu please? Can I, you know, what are are all the choices? I want to know everything and then I'll come back to you. So as an adult, looking back on that, I think the better question is how do you want to be? On a day-to-day basis, how do you want to feel? And I know obviously there are ups and downs, but generally, how do you want to be able to turn up in life? Like, you know, if you want excitement, want to involve science teamwork danger well you can be an astronaut you can be an f1 driver you can you know lots of different things it's not about just you know what you do isn't you it's, it's actually how you turn up is is uh, maybe a, a truer version of you
0: i love that and I'll, the question actually what i how i remember receiving that question was what do you want to do what do you want to do with your life so it was very much on the active side of things hmm. and we think about it in terms of a job and that's how we often describe ourselves i am a teacher yeah. i am whatever versus like you say well how do i want my life to be what do i want it to look like how do i want to feel what what experiences do i want in my life so being able to look at the menu of yeah i want excitement i want to be outdoors and that was one of the reasons that i loved what you do because you spend a lot of time outdoors and you draw a lot on nature, which is very similar to what I do. So I want something that's outdoors. I want something that connects with people or I don't, but to be able to look at those and see, well, how does that come together? What might that, okay, that's an astronaut, that's an F1 driver. That's a coach in nature, whatever it might be. But drawing from the things that light me up rather than from the, oh, there's the menu and I don't really know how to choose one thing out of that
1: we said drawing on things that light you up that make you that make you come alive exactly Um, that's really really important there's a a quote and i actually i quoted this last week i forgot who said it i still haven't remembered but do what makes you come alive because what the world needs is more people that come alive roughly that's roughly the quote and it's true because you know we all know this we you know when you've gone and Done something that really ticks some important boxes for you. Um, let's say you've just swum in the ocean on a beautiful day. You've you've really absorbed all that nature has to offer. And imagine someone encountering you as you come out of the waves. What 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 version of you will they experience? And it's one it's the alive version, right? It's that you know. So that that's that's different to maybe living with massive compromise mm-hmm. um, and just existing or just coping. And I think when we when we can do that more often, and still performing the day-to-day tasks of life, but doing things that are more aligned to how we want to be, we occupy a certain kind of space. We have a different kind of feel, like you said yesterday in the meeting, you said about the vibration that we have. Now we we don't have control over so many things, but when that version of us turns up, we we have an impact that we just don't know about Mm. on other people and we occupy our space in a different way to compare to when we just exist
0: absolutely and it's finding the place where we can be in that vibration more often even if it's still physically where i am but emotionally mentally cognitively i'm in a very different space
1: completely and emotionally um so i'm I would regard myself as emotionally intelligent and that's something I help men do is, is speak that language. Mm-hmm. Um, you said it, it might not require to, you to go somewhere geographically different and I think that's it's very true. We've had, everyone's had an experience of that in the last couple of years. COVID mm-hmm. stopped us going places.
0: Yeah, Stay so where I, I think you
1: are. Everyone's realized that you can still do things. You can still scratch that itch where you are. Um, uh, you have to become more creative and sometimes uh when we are on a journey geared towards reaching the horizon we're not looking around literally at our feet and seeing what is right there um which can actually grant us more access to be how we want to be and so that's one thing i I help um uh, my clients do which are largely men is to um is to learn that language of their emotions their feelings and start to open the avenue that they haven't necessarily looked down as often as they might, or, or at all, and um, lots more becomes possible.
0: And one of the things that I picked up from your website and kind of what you were touching on then was you help people to look at success and to achieve success. But a success might be very different after working with you from what we've been conditioned to think of a success in the world. What society tells us kind of the expectations are around success. So would you talk a little bit about what success means for you, how you look at success and how you then help people in achieving what success is for them in their lives?
1: Yeah, certainly. So what success for me, um, I'll step back a bit and talk generally about men, first of all. Um, I'll come back to me. Um, so we we do lead this. Uh, I spoke to a therapist a few weeks ago, a guy called Paul Sinclair, and he talked about destination addiction. And he's, a, he's an addiction specialist. He deals with people who, who are suffering with addiction. Um, <clears throat> and I think we are, uh, we can be on this. We don't know we're on a conveyor belt of destination addiction of of trying to be objectively successful and a kind of success that is universally recognized so being successful in our jobs in our relationships um in the sports we play in you know lots of different avenues and there's something that happens uh when we get into that process and we can we can be successful at the cost of inner success so Lots of my clients are objectively successful. They've they've built their businesses. They have maybe sold their businesses. They're retired. Um, they have a, a, a wife and children. Um, everyone seems happy. You know, they don't really want for anything, but they still don't feel how they want to feel. Mm. And 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 that that feeling for some time has been a driving force for them to carry on trying to be objectively successful. But if the only tool in your toolbox is a hammer. Every DIY job is going to look like a nail. Yeah. Right, so the success that I, what I do is I, I help them step back from uh, from only certain areas of their life and concentrate on the one tool that they use for everything, which is themselves, and really get to know themselves. Because what drives us um it is our upbringing are the values that have been instilled in us by role models in our lives and um, they're perfectly valid uh, but not in every setting and there is a lot more latitude that we don't know about so um well from my story um involves the death of my father when i was 17 and uh parents divorce when i was 11 and um So my my access to role models was disrupted, but one of the silver linings from that was that um, I started to look externally for my family, as well as looking at my family, but externally for my family, looking at other role models in a way that maybe I wouldn't have done uh, without those losses. And so I had kind of a a bigger menu to choose from, and and that's really helped me become who I am today. And so I help men Uh, look outside of the world that they know um, with an aim to help them be how they want to be and bring about qualities or bring up qualities from inside of themselves to, to to go and do that. So the success is knowing oneself and being able to actually effectively influence how you feel and then take that person into every area of your life. And just like i said before with the person emerging from the ocean that person is going to be impactful in a different way in all areas of their life feeling that way than if they constantly deny themselves the ability to go and swim in the ocean so that's why i say i help men catch their fish the fish is is the understanding yourself and then they go and they are they can be action orientated and objectively successful but with a lot of purpose which delivers the feelings that they want to feel. And I know I serve men, uh, but I do coach women as well. But ahead of all of that is that we are human beings, all of us, and we are in the business of feeling. And I think feelings drive all that we do. So I help men get really interested in feelings because it's the kind of, it's the tool that's remained at the bottom of the toolbox that they're not looking at.
0: That's so important i mean the adverts all of those kind of marketing they all know that we buy buy into from feeling we we think we're doing it analytically and we Mm. think we're making like buying a new car well i want it to have good mileage you know miles per gallon and i want it to do xyz but actually we're just thinking about how's it going to feel to drive this car how am i going to feel when i'm sat inside this car So knowing that that's actually how we operate, whether we're conscious of it or not, getting that emotional intelligence and awareness
1: Mm.
0: is such a big thing, isn't it? And I think that's where society does such a big disservice to men a lot of the time. Because, and I mean, people generally, but men particularly, aren't encouraged to feel their emotions and to be in touch with their emotions and to work with their emotions in the same way as women are given that freedom.
1: No, we're not. I mean, I think. <clears throat> so I used to work with uh, GP Network, and the number of women visiting versus men was a lot higher. Um, some men never go to the doctor, you know, um, versus a uh, far more frequent visit from a, from um, women in society. And there is something around consciously or, or unconsciously putting yourself on hold to go and get something done but this is like the AA rescue vehicle that never has a service itself. It's still going out and being effective, but how long is that going to carry on for? And this is where I meet men. I I meet men who, the the cracks are starting to show a little bit. And despite all their efforts, I help them basically go and get service. (laughs) There you go.
0: But it is such an important point, isn't it? We, we don't drive our cars without getting them serviced, without putting oil in and water and fuel. Mm. We don't take our phone out in the morning without having it charged up. And yet we do that to ourselves all the time. We don't Completely. rest and recharge and re, refuel appropriately and get a service.
1: Yeah, I'm looking to my side now, I'm looking at my famous charging station, which I'm going to grab it now. <laughs> it's off, probably. but it's in a case. It's got some metal tabs, so it sticks to a magnetic mat in my car so I can see it. It's got a lens cover. I updated the software this morning. I cleared out some memory. It's always on me and with me. It's very well cared for because it's the one thing I use for everything. Well, not not quite, as you said. Um, We are, but I ask your audience, if you were a mobile phone, what would you look like? How would your case be? How's your screen protector? How's your capacity to take on new things? How do you feel? Yeah.
0: But it's also interesting that most mobile phones, we keep them 24 months and then we upgrade to another one. Mm. Cars, we keep maybe for a little bit longer, or if it's on a lease, we upgrade to another one, maybe every year, two years, whatever. We can't upgrade this, this this we live in for life. So we That's look really cool. after the things that we can upgrade better than we look after this.
1: That's a really good point. Um, <clears throat> I think, I say that we're like a bicycle wheel. Well, with with the hub of a bicycle wheel. So, if anyone cycles out there, have a think. When was the last time you took the hub of your bicycle wheel apart and serviced it? Compared to when you changed a tire, mended a puncture, tightened a spoke, or cleaned it, you know? So, because we are the hub, we can't see ourselves as easily as all those spokes and other things that the wheel is that really clamour for our attention, so our children and our job and our partner and our friends and our all the expectations that we have of ourselves, you know, the spokes and the wheel and the rim and the tyre. So it's so easy to just give our energy and our time into that and then what appears in front of us, we go, oh, look, life looks good from here. How do you feel? Not how I want. What are you? You're the one thing that you that binds all of that together is the hub so um i i've got part of a hub sitting on a desk next to me because i'm a cyclist and for three months i couldn't get a part because parts have been you know difficult to hold off so i've not had a spare wheel for three months um but if i didn't have that spare wheel i didn't have another wheel i wouldn't be cycling so the same is true for us you know it's so easy to to not look at ourselves yet we are the one thing we use for everything and um yeah maybe maybe we just haven't en- and society and us and you know, we have engineered this uh this difficult position that we find ourselves in
0: but being able to take time to look and think actually i don't feel quite how i'd like to feel to yeah. be able to look within as opposed to out there and sometimes our body just makes us doesn't it it says right i've had enough of this i'm not going to do anything until you start paying attention to where you need mm-hmm. to pay attention and so when, when we can look within and when we have somebody to hold that space and to help us look at the bits that maybe aren't so easy to look at, but to know that we can do what we need and that they can be serviced and that they can be bright and shiny again and that there are ways to get to where we want to be. And you were talking about purpose as well can you tell a little bit about what your perspective on purpose is, what you mean by purpose? Cause I think I have a very particular concept yeah. of that and I think people's may be different. So
1: okay. Sure so today. this is really, really important. Um, uh, purpose is much bigger than a goal and um, goals get achieved whilst living out your purpose. So a purpose, so my purpose is, is a sentence. I am the Sherpa bear who allows men to catch their fish. Now, when I am being that person and having that impact, I believe I'm at my best and a purpose is not reached. It is something to aim for. So like a guiding North star in your sky. Yeah. No matter how far you walk on earth, you're not going to reach it, but it guides you. Right? So it's a way of moving through life. And when you move through life in that way, you are having a certain impact because you allow yourself to be a certain way. You're doing things which which um, add structure to that and sustainability and, and you can access that way of being. So I help people find their, their core and supporting values. Um, and they're like stepping stones on a path that is aiming towards their purpose. So on a daily basis, if people are living by the majority of their values, they're, they're probably moving towards their purpose. And what a purpose does is it, and the value set as well, is it's like a filter. Um, so if you have a, a decision, a choice in life, you can hold it up against your purpose and your values and think, well, does doing this lead me in that direction? And I think that's really, really helpful. It does actually kind of simplify things for my clients. Because if it doesn't, and actually the diversion is, you know, over time, it's quite a long one. Why are they doing it? And we we don't make things right or wrong, but we just get interested. Um, because sometimes you might need diversion. You might have to take a diversion that's momentary, um, uh, where you compromise your values a little bit to, to, to do something in life, but you know that you're gonna come back on track. And through coaching, the purpose um, becomes something that, that my clients regularly check in with. And it, it, yeah, it's it, it's that star in their sky that they know they're aiming for with, with their actions. So their actions become more impactful because their actions help them be how they want to be. So that's, that's what I believe purpose is.
0: And I think openness and curiosity, which is kind of what you're talking about there, is so important without labeling, without judging, just hmm, ex- exploration of something, just yeah. approaching it with, that's curious, that's interesting, I wonder what yeah. is within that. And sometimes I think the diversion, and you know, if we, we go off on a tangent from our purpose, our track, our North Star, we learn so much more about ourselves just from the fact that oh i've stepped out and i'm not quite fully in my values but this is helping me to see my values because i've kind of taken a step away
1: yeah yeah
0: i see the contrast and the contrast is something that really adds
1: that's yeah that's a really good point that the the contrast uh, the i think our path in life is a bit like a lightning strike in that you can <laughs> you can kind of go down here and have a look no not for me over here have a look. no but you're moving you know and the more you investigate the, the more you refine your purpose to the point where you are more reliably on that kind of central arc of lightning that's um that's taking you to where you want to go um, and yeah I, I think maybe it's true of everyone that we learn so much more from what we don't do you know right the first time um but we come away with things and i think that's what i've done in my careers. is i've been very interested in investigating and fully immersed myself in different careers, but then I've, I've come away from those when I've got what I wanted, when I'm ready for something different. Um, so yeah.
0: And it all comes back to what you were saying earlier about self-understanding. Because we yeah. go down one path or one strike and we learn so much more about ourselves from that perspective. And I'd also like you to talk more about perspective in a minute, because I know that's something that you do. But we learn so much about ourselves, but in a specific arena. And then we go down another and we learn more from a different arena. And it mm. for me, it kind of makes it more multidimensional as opposed to a 2D image of who we are. We get that whole rounded multidimensional perspective and so much more then to draw on because I find myself in this situation, right, my toolkit now is so wide that mm. I've got, whatever I need for wherever, whenever I find myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think we, we, we have a, we have a complete privilege that that is the journey we can be on and we choose to be. It's mm-hmm. never ending. Um, and I, I would hate for it to one day end, you know, yeah, um, it's yeah. just,
0: it's too exciting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think when we realize that that is an offer, yeah. um, possibilities really do expand in front of us and you mentioned about so perspectives is we we, we often have a perspective about ourselves in a certain setting or situation um, and that with that will come belief systems actions are based on belief systems assumptions maybe limiting beliefs um, and it's sometimes it's like, it's like if you wear a pair of glasses that have a red tinted lens, then everything looks red. That's a perspective. Um, or if you always sit in the same seat in your lounge, you've got the same perspective on your lounge. So what would it be like to, if you always read in that seat, you, know, you read your book in that seat, what would it be like to sit opposite that seat and read a book? You've got a different perspective. And that's the role that coaching plays is allows people to recognise the perspective they're in by effectively getting off that chair and standing you know, maybe, maybe next to me and looking at it and say, okay, what's true in that perspective? What do you believe in that perspective when you look at your life? Um, and working out if it's helpful or not. What's great about that perspective? What's not so great? What if the opposite were true? About this perspective and that perspective. So it's getting someone to move around something in their life, like a topic. It might be their topic of work. They've got a certain perspective. Perspective work is really interesting because you get some very people name perspectives. We 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 just we draw perspectives. We have smells and tastes and colours associated with perspectives to really get people to paint the picture of where they are. And then okay. What what about this perspective? What about that perspective? And it produces choice. Like if you were stood at a mountain and you could see a path at the mountain from where you're stood, but there are 10 other pathways you don't know about because you're not willing to move off the spot where you've only got that one choice. But what kind of experience do you want? What kind of pathway would you like to walk up? Let's move around the mountain and see where they are and what they look like. So perspective work is is really really powerful, and it's very useful when people are a bit stuck, mm. um, and they believe something to be true, or they're believing it from a perspective. It's not in you know indisputable evidence that you would present in the court of law and win a case with. It's something you feel and you believe is your truth or is the truth, when in fact it's maybe true where you're standing. Um, but well, I'll give you a very very good example. I used to be a full-time rower, So I'll be sculling along in my boat and I can see my feet, my legs, the stern of my boat. Yeah, I can't see the back of my head or where I'm going unless I turn around. But my coach is in a launch over there and he can see lots of things I can't and he moves around me and offers me input from what he can see And then through myself and him working together we have a a much better fuller picture of me and that's how we create change i can create i can try and create change by myself but i'm going to struggle to to go the whole way so coaching helps somebody move around their lives and look around and choose powerfully uh to to be effective in the way they want to be
0: and that's so often the case isn't it when we have limiting beliefs we're not even aware that we have them, that they are a belief, not necessarily Mm. truth, that we have options, that there are other ways of looking at things. And I love the um, kind of example when you talk about in your boat, you're going backwards when you're rowing. You can't see where you're going. Mm. And there is, obviously, we think in terms of the future is ahead of us and the past is behind us. But there is a culture, I can't remember which one it is, that they believe that the future is behind us because we cannot see the future. The past is in front of us because we can see the past. We can look back into the past and we can see what happened at what time. But we yeah. can't look ahead into the future. So uh-huh. a different perspective, a different belief, a different yeah. system, isn't it? And it makes sense because, well, yeah, we can't see what's gonna happen tomorrow, next week, next year, in the same way that we can see what happened last year, last week, yesterday.
1: So- I love that.
0: And I love the fact that when we travel and when we move to a different perspective, we do see things very differently. So it can be moving your chair, moving to sit in a different chair. It can be going to a different coffee shop. It can be taking a different route home, but it just, or going to a different country. Whatever it is, it just kind of—it's like one of those snow globes. It shakes it a little bit, and you—oh, suddenly everything looks quite different.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's great. I love the way you you frame that in terms of—and so coaching happens in the moment as well. So, try as we might to try and look straight and see the future, or we can spend a lot of time running over the past and in our minds. Okay, fine, but there's a lot of energy that is not then being spent on the now. And, um, that's the, in the moment is, is, you know, one of the the core strengths of coaching is is holding someone in that moment and saying, right, well, what's here right now, I know you felt it yesterday, what do you feel today?
0: And the only way in which the past is present is in our heads. It's, it's our memories of what has happened. And we can choose how to frame those. We can choose whether or not we hold on to those. We can choose what we do with them in the present. And the energy that we put into the present is what creates our future. So the only moment we have is this moment of now.
1: I was working with a client recently who is stuck um, thinking about things in the past. And just as you said there, They're just creating the future to contain the same. They're just shifting another position along in that same dialogue and same way of thinking. Um, and I think when, when men, when men find themselves, well, when men do that, um, are not necessarily reaching out and seeking for somebody to help them look at things from a different perspective. They, they're pretty good at enduring Mm. the point. Um but try as they might and they do try they're not getting different results that's when the you know, deflation happens and they start to question their inability um and I I, well, I want anyone to know that um a it's okay to feel that way and b there are lots and lots of options you don't know about yet mm. but, it, Working with somebody would will really help.
0: And it only takes very small changes in your perspective to have huge impacts on how you feel. Mm. So, from, It's kind of a human thing, but from where we are, we think my problems are huge and they're big and they're complex and they're painful. So getting out of them, turning things around is going to be huge and complex and painful. But actually, it doesn't have to be.
1: Uh, yeah. The thorn in the in the lion's paw
0: mm.
1: yeah it's a small point of infection but the lion can't walk as a result mm. yeah yeah that's that's very true it can really fend people away from this how do i you know, well we can get stuck on the how how do i impact this like how do i do that and we can get really hung up on the how right like the, the game back to the mountain you know how do i climb everest well you do one step at a time down here look at your feet you know not at that look at this and lots of those little steps add up to being up there somewhere. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to get caught up in that thought pattern.
0: And also the maybe, uh, I'm Irish, so the you don't want to be starting from here. It's a, it's a common saying that my husband takes the mickey out of me. About Irish people say, well, if you want to be getting to there, you don't want to be starting from here. And if you're at the bottom of the mountain and you're looking at that path and it might look like it goes straight up and you're thinking i'm never going to be able to do that because it's going to involve very steep walking and maybe some climbing and i'm not a climber Mm. maybe you need to walk around to the other side and maybe there's a set of steps or a winding path that's not very steep or whatever Mm. so maybe Mm. it's it's your perspective as well yeah just be in this moment and look at your feet not not at the (laughs) vertigo inducing
1: Yeah, you're right there. about small changes—they um, do have massive effects. Um, it's it's so pleasing when I think um, that's when people start really start to run with coaching. Is that um, especially when they're trying for the first time? Um, I had that with the coach very recently. With a, sorry, with the client very recently. a Certain um, apprehension, and then once we move them around the mountain and have them look at a different view, off they go, and you know men when they start talking they are fantastic at talking they're great they're really great actually conveying how they feel but they just think i'm not so it's like i am that person i don't talk about my feelings or no i'm I'm okay or i don't have feelings or you know i don't do that well telling themselves these rules which bind them into where they are and i just help them get past that 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 first stumbling block in in the first instance and then off they go they're brilliant
0: yeah, and it's it's that limiting belief of men don't, or I never have and I can't, hmm. versus, well if I try it I might find that, and it's so often the case, isn't it, of things that we shy away from, we find actually they are what we are very good at when we try them, like <laughs> public speaking is, is a common one where people oh no I don't speak in public and then once they do you can't stop them.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um. Uh, I used to be part of a public speaking group, um, and you see that with new members. You'd see, you know, but also they have assumptions about how they're going to be received as well. Yeah. Um, and when people are clapping and, and say, hey, that was brilliant, you know, you know, it's by no means the best speech in the world, but they've stood up, they've made their speech, they've got their point across they are now in a different place to where they were beforehand but it's the avoidance i think it's the avoidance of things actually makes the the beast that we fear is there to be bigger and more powerful than it ever was Mm. i coach people around anxiety uh, quite often and anxiety uh, works in that way it's that it gets worse with avoidance um because what they think it is it gets worse every time they avoid it they run away from something that it's a big kind of you know moment but also that beast, whatever it is, has got more powerful now. When in fact it's a you know, little Labrador puppy. Yeah. Um, I don't want to belittle anyone's, you know, or make light of anyone's anxiety. And I, you know, I've had anxiety. I have anxiety, everyone has anxiety, I had some serious anxiety at university and um, it's debilitating. Um, and just, it's easier to not face up to it, but then it starts to make life very small. It's um, easier
0: in, in the the moment and in yeah. uh, the the early stages when it, it it's just, oh, I don't have to do that and that feels good, like you were saying, but also mm. like you were saying, it just adds more and more and more to that.
1: Mm.
0: That view is almost like throwing something on the pile of it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger because you yeah, just tell be- them, I escaped it, so it must be big. I escaped it, so it's scary. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 It's, uh, it's, um, I really, I really love working with people around their anxiety and we characterize their anxiety. We actually produce a picture and it's really powerful because, um, we can refer to that character, uh, by name and uh, we know how to recognize it and its birth story, like where it came from. And, um, people clients learn to do things despite their anxiety. So, If you've ever seen uh, or read the books, The Hunger Games, um, when this dystopian world where the young people are put in this uh, kind of giant arena which looks like a jungle and uh, they have to fight each other, well, that's going on. But also, if they get close to the edge of the arena, the powers that be push them back into the arena by releasing some hornets or whatever it might be, you know, to to say don't go any further because if you do, um, you know, something bad will happen. And so I help people go and do things despite their anxieties. It's like holding the hand of their anxiety, acknowledging what their anxiety is trying to do for them, which is to keep them safe, but taking their anxiety on a journey anyway and basically coming back with fresh evidence. Anxiety thrives with a lack of fresh evidence. You know, oh, no, this is true. Well, I'm going to show you a piece of evidence today which shows you that it's not true today. And I'm going to keep doing that and keep doing that because anxiety is very useful it helps us stay alive it's just when it gets out out of control and is your main deployment then it it really does start to fend you back into a small space a small emotional small physical space and life starts to feel very limited
0: i love what you're saying there about drawing it so that you have a character and i think a lot of the time it's like a little child inside us as well it just needs no 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 take my hand and i'll come 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 and see come and see it's perfect i'm here i'm with you i'm keeping you safe at all times and we're kind of both sides of that aren't we we're the kind of uh, little child but also we're no it's okay trust me i Mm. wouldn't i wouldn't hurt you you know i wouldn't hurt you let's go and let's show, show you that this monster is actually okay
1: yeah yeah and it has a use. Like it's, it's got a superpower. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is really, really useful. Um, it's just no, kind of recognising where it is and being being a bigger person it, that, that that is part of, that that is part of you. It's not all of you. I, you're, you know, your anxiety is not you. Or your belief system, as we were talking about before, is not all of you. Your perspective is not all of you. It's zooming out. And um, I, I say it's like a, rather than being... Um, one player on a football pitch, and you believe that is entirely you, you have a whole team that maybe uh, you haven't played yet. So your anxiety, let's say, is the defender, but actually it's trying to be a striker, midfielder, winger, goalie, you know, everything. So you appear to be an anxious person. Whereas in fact, it's got a role to play, which might be in defense. Who else is sat on your bench? Who are you not playing yet? And then when you start to do that, who are you being when you're playing these players? Because it sounds like you're a manager. Ah, okay. Who's this manager? Right. This is more like the the, the truly you, who has, who is conscious of all parts of you. And that, that's the place I like to get my clients to 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 reach is um, a, the person who has choice, who has consciousness, and really does start to become highly effective in how they're being and therefore what they're doing.
0: i love that and i've heard it as well as a theater so Mm -hmm. you're in the audience you're not on the stage you're just watching the drama play out and possibly you're the director so you can say right you over there and you say Mm -hmm. this line and so it is the fact that you have all of these aspects because we're all made up of so many different parts of ourselves but we Mm -hmm. get to choose Mm -hmm. and we get to Comfort the one that's feeling a bit anxious. But yes, also I love the fact that you said that is an important part of us. It does. That's what it's there for. It is there to keep Mm -hmm. us safe. And when we start to understand that we have these things, we have a a negative bias, we're wired that way. So Mm -hmm. we are going to feel these or have these thoughts, feel these feelings, and that's fine. And it's normal, it's not a problem, as long as we know that's what it is. Yes. And we can choose, I'm going to listen to you today, or I'm going to listen and think about that or no, it's all right. I got this. I don't even need this because <laughs> I've been through this before. And I know that I know your little story around that and it's not where I want to be today.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the higher, higher kind of awareness. Um, and almost uh, making sure that that team member is, is knows they're wanted. Yes. It's a way of speaking to yourself. It's not beating yourself up. No. It's recognizing strength is trying to play a role. And you get to decide whether you want it today or you don't want it today. or You want it now, want it later. Um, it's a really, really interesting process. Um, it's ongoing, and, and initially people are doing it in hindsight. You know that they're, um, you know, but over time they, they learn to catch things in the moment and assess them and step back. And it's um, well, this is all, so. This is all internal. This is not an objective goal that lies outside of anybody. This is going on here. This is the really good news. This is, you know, everything within your skin is what you have more control over than we maybe realise. So yeah. um, what you want very close to home.
0: Lastly then, I'd just love if you would talk a little bit about the superpower. So you talked about anxiety and how you can turn that around into being like a superpower. And on your website, you talk about the superpower of vulnerability. And I just oh. love that because I love Brene Brown and how yeah. she has made vulnerability such a, we, you know, she's she's helped us to understand how it can play a role in our lives and how it can really, really be a superpower and support us rather than something we look at and think, oh, I don't want, I don't want that in my life. I don't want to be vulnerable. Mm. But can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yes, um, I I phrase it as that because I wanted men to take notice. Um, because we we try and maintain a certain um air a certain presence um i discussed with it, with a client once <clears throat> where where what where does this approach come from now we did no research we just sat there and had a conversation so where, where do you put your emotions on hold what, what kind of setting would it be to ignore your feelings to to just go and get a job done a really important job and we came up with warfare we said that would be an environment where it didn't matter what you're feeling, you need to go over a hill and do that thing. And, and that is really important. And we have, we have, we have no imperial, you know, no evidence. We didn't do any research, but it kind of made sense. And then what happens if all those men return from war and then absorb, get absorbed back into society? And they've learned now to put themselves on hold and not be vulnerable and have a tough exterior. And what happens if they have children and then their children learn those skills as well? And, you know, you can imagine that could happen. And we're not in war, largely. And even when we're in war, there are moments of vulnerability. So it's like cutting off a a way to communicate with yourself, like cutting off one of the senses you' you're not going to be able to do certain things without the, the that emotional intelligence of being vulnerable now I don't know what people everyone thinks of when I say you know men can benefit from being vulnerable because lots of assumptions will be jumping into everyone's mind including mine but <clears throat> what what vulnerability is, is is a bit like anxiety. is when you when you do look into it um, it's not what you think it's um, it's entirely personal and detailed and full of places to learn about yourself like the stone that you haven't overturned to look underneath but underneath it is like a missing piece of your jigsaw so and the more we avoid it like anxiety the less likely we are to want to go and look underneath it So I'm not gonna speak for for everybody and say, this is what vulnerability is. For me, um, it's uh, an admittance that I can't do things. It's um, an admittance that I don't feel okay. Uh, On my personal journey, it's it's an admittance of loneliness and and anxiety, um, of uh, anger, of emotions that I don't understand and, or didn't understand, I'm pleased to say I do now. Um, but I'm still learning, it's not a done deal. And it's, um, it's being vocal about that with yourself, first of all. And, and I talk to myself and I say how I feel. I talk about things I'm grateful for. I also talk about things that worry me. And that's the really great first step because you're there to listen. You're, you know, the, 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 it's, a, it's kind of like a, a, in a way, an easy audience. But when men talk about themselves in that way in front of other men or anyone else, what it does is, and this is the superpower part of it, is it gives people permission to do the same. Because, uh, and choose your setting. Not maybe the pub on a Friday night, you know, with that friend who doesn't listen. so you engineer some success in that sense. But um, it does grant permission for your audience to do the same. And then it becomes something you didn't realise it could be, and it's not what you thought it was. Um, and when men see me be vulnerable, I think it's one thing that attracts people to want to work with me, is that, ah, okay, I can't do that right now. Then don't know how, but I think I want to try and do that. Um, so it's, a, it's a, yes, another language for men to learn. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's a really interesting kind of paradox because we think vulnerability makes us less attractive. People don't want to know us if, if we're vulnerable because we look weak, we think. Whereas in actual fact, people see vulnerability and think, ooh, I'd like a little bit of that, or ooh, I can connect with that.
1: Mm-hmm. It's... Um, so when, if you think about uh, going back to sports, if you think about uh, an athlete looking for a coach, if the athlete and the coach don't have a conversation, which, in, which includes all of the athlete's um, aspects which that which trouble them, such as I've got, ai don't know, a stride length on my left-hand side that's two inches shorter than my right, or I have trouble running in the rain, or... Um, I feel, I am sick every time I race and this, uh, the, 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 app, the, app, the coach is going to try and help them not know those things. And it's going to undermine their efforts. So not being vulnerable is just like ignoring these things, but they'll continually rise up um, like a dormant volcano and rumble and cause disruption to, to the, to the life you are trying to build for yourself. So no matter how good you are at the building, if your volcano continues to rumble and the earth continues to shake, you're going to be scuppered a little bit.
0: And also on that same vein, how important it is to be open and vulnerable and honest with the person who's coaching you. Because yeah. sometimes I know that myself in the past, when I wasn't feeling particularly um Emotionally aware and all of that kind of stuff. And I would have gone to somebody in that kind of role, maybe a psychiatrist or something, and, and not wanted to share because I didn't want my foibles and stuff to be seen mm. because I'd always felt judged because of things that I didn't, that I uh, felt were weaknesses, felt that mm. I'd been judged for, and therefore didn't want to show anybody else. Mm. But how can somebody support me then? Because I'm not being honest. I'm not telling them what my areas of concern are. Mm. I'm hiding them from myself. I'm hiding them from them. I'm not going to go very far, very fast. Versus if I can just show up and say, this is this is where I am. Then that's, that's I'm one the of the jobs to know if they can support me or not.
1: Yes. I think that's one of the jobs of the coach is to trust their intuition. and, and you know, And create no a safe space yeah it's a, I've witnessed that many times and it's, you know, it's to call it out and to bring it up and have a look at it um, you know you, when things don't resonate as you think they might there's something going on um, you know you're probably right um, to, to, to ask questions around it and, and help that person um, again it's it's, it's just like supreme interest in them when you pay that kind of attention it's um, th- that's what is visible that's what you can see it's, sometimes it's the stuff that people aren't saying. Yeah, uh,
0: a lot of the time. And yeah, it, it's when when you are emotionally intelligent and aware and conscious, you can then fight, see those things, see what people aren't saying, hear those things that are missing, read their body language, all of that.
1: Very true. And I want to make it very clear: I, I, I my coach can see what I can't. <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a coach. I, can, I you know, I, I sometimes try and coach myself a, a little bit, but I, you know, I cannot get close to what what um, what my coach can do for me because they're not me, and, and they can help me see things that I can't. And they say, oh, "I noticed that you have got your fist clenched while you're saying that." What does that mean? You know, oh yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> <wow,"> you know. <laughs> um, I mean, so one thing I would say. Uh, is that coaching the, the, coaching is very dynamic and as well all, all these things that we're talking about, it is action orientated. It is about going and achieving things. but my style of coaching is about doing it in a way that has you feel, how you want to feel. So some all sessions are different. Some sessions are a lot about how you feel and but other things are entirely action orientated. And who knows how a session is going to be? because it is very much in the moment. So I want to assure everyone it's not always really weighty. Um, but those things do need to happen, and they will. Uh, but the, but the, 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 the variety of, of the way you feel um, during and after coaching is, is, is broad and, and, and for a good reason, uh, because it touches on all different aspects of you. And, um, but, yeah, it's, well, I wanted to make that clear. It's not, it's not always a, right, here we go into coaching. Oh, God bring up all these things it's um it is an aspirational um uh, profession um and uh i just thought that was worth mentioning
0: <laughs> and that brings us nicely around to something that i was kind of distracted from saying in the beginning you talked about co and active and the little hyphen in between and for me that just highlighted how much we need balance in everything so we have balance with the co the being and then we have the balance with the active But also, I'm sure that the active side, well, all of it, with you is going to be so much fun. And I think that's what shines out, that it is a a very positive feeling action or positive feeling exploration of the feelings, Mm -hmm. that there is a real energy that is attractive, that, oh, yeah, I want to feel that way. I want to do that stuff. I, I feel I can get there by working with you.
1: Well, thank, thanks for saying that. I think um, I do constantly check in with my clients and ask how we done, and you know, um, some, sometimes they walk away from a session going, Whoa, you know. <laughs> <sighs> um, but on the whole, um, uh, yeah, very positive experiences, and um, li- largely because they are understanding themselves and it's taken assistance from me to to do that but they're walking around with something that they've always had but they just couldn't access which is really great news it's not another acquisition it's not you know something else it's 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 themselves and um, I think that gives a lot of joy a lot of buoyancy and uh, wow I've got this now you know I have this with me I can go and do these things the way I want to do them and um, you know, we're never trying to coach somebody else, but, but the coaching I do for my clients, we, um, it always impacts other parts of their lives and other people. Of course. They, they show up in a certain way and I get that kind of feedback, you know, how it's helped relationships, that's it's helped them show up. So in terms of intimate relationships, relationships with children, colleagues, their staff, um, there's a reason why it's called life coaching. It affects every single thing in your life. Because it is coaching you and you are one common denominator in every area of your life. And I can't see how you can't be joyful about that when you create positive change.
0: And also you come away with the knowledge, I am this. I have all of this. Whereas other things in life, we maybe feel judged. All of a sudden we feel like we're being rewarded just for being amazing as who we are.
1: Be, be yeah, for being yourself. Yeah, that's um. Some of the aim when I ask people, you know, what do you want to achieve with coaching, quite commonly people will say, I "Want to be happy in myself." And
0: what better thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank <laughs>
0: you so much, Rob. Lastly, can you just tell people where to find you? And oh, I believe yeah. that you have something that you will share with us as well.
1: People yeah. who email you. sure so so i've got a website called sherpa bear coaching um uh, i have a youtube channel uh called the coaching channel um and you can find me on linkedin under my name rob stewart uh, so the offering i have is a little pdf i've developed and anyone who emails me uh, rob at sherpabearcoaching.com i will email this back to you it is a um uh, a way to um, commence an internal investigation of yourself. So I have six guiding principles for my coaching which come from the acronym SHERPA and that stands for Service, Health, uh, Explore, Role Model, Purpose and Action and the PDF takes you through an exploration, exploration of yourself using the first three of those. So Service, Health and Explore. Now this is just touching the surface, but it kind of gives you an idea. It, it will lead you to do a, f- a few basic activities that helps you reflect on yourself. And anyone um, uh, is welcome to try us out. So I'll email it to you. If you complete that uh, PDF and you want to do some coaching with me, um, anything that you, any kind of coaching package you go for, you automatically get a 5% discount if you've done that, um, completed that PDF. Because we will actually use what you've learned in that in any kind of coaching experience. Um, You can find out uh, the the two courses that I run on my website. One is called Loosening the Grip of Anxiety. Um, One is called Catching Your Fish. The first one is fairly self-explanatory in terms of doing things despite your anxiety. The second one is about helping men uh, by working in a group environment to catch their fish, to find out what it is that eludes them that's going to help them feel how they want to feel. Beyond that, I work on a bespoke one-to-one basis based on the specific needs of any individual. But all of that is open to a 5% discount uh, by completing uh, this this free uh, guided investigative journey of yourself. So email me to find out more about that.
0: Sounds wonderful. Thank you very much, Rob. And thank you to everybody who has watched or will be watching on the replay if you are on replay just stick in hashtag replay and if you have any comments or questions please feel free to stick them below and rob or myself will get back to you and i'll stick in the links that rob has mentioned today as well and if you're listening on the podcast or watching the youtube version of this chat then the links and everything will be in the description so i hope you have a wonderful weekend and tune in again next week to see who my next guest is going to be bye for now